Well, happy Thanksgiving to all of you out there listening to the pod. Here enjoying it on a Thursday morning before the Cowboys play in their traditional Thursday Thanksgiving Day game as we all get ready for it and get riled up about it here on your Riled Up podcast with my man Tom Ryle and your boy Roy White. You can follow him at Tom Ryle BTB on the Twitter sphere. You can follow me at RW3 on there. And for of course, you can get all the great content from our blogging the boys friends at bloggingtheboys.com our sponsors of course by SB Nation bringing the podcast to you every week and man I don't know how you could feel more confident as the Cowboys get ready to take on the Giants here this weekend I know it's a divisional game Tom but you know if we'd have been playing this game a week ago right after the Green Bay Packers game We'd have been feeling quite a bit different. Well, now the Cowboys basically put together the most complete performance we may have seen of Mike McCarthy's tenure. And the Giants are coming off a game in which they were embarrassed by a Detroit Lions team that hasn't found a way to win many games this season. So, Tom, tell me why the Cowboys shouldn't blow this thing out of the water this afternoon. Well, there's the historical trend. You know, the Cowboys have lost three of these in a row now over the past three seasons. They're Uh, three and seven on Thanksgiving over the past decade. That makes you nervous. Uh, And part of it is because they came out flat out of the bye against the Packers, which is another historical thing. So that makes me nervous when I see a historical trend going up. The other thing is that it's a divisional game. The Giants are looking to have their own bounce back. Uh, Funny things can happen in games like this. But everything else points to this being a win for the Cowboys. Uh, The matchup generally looks favorable. And I I really think that they're going to have a a good shot at coming out of this at 8-3 and and being set to – you know, kind of watch and see what happens to the Eagles ahead of them. Because if they get a little help from somebody, they are right in the thick of the mix for the uh, NFC East title. And that looks like that's going to be the ticket to getting into the uh, bye so they don't have to play that first round of the playoffs. Well, so. they were very close to getting some help this past week, but Jalen Hurts and the crew did find a way to uh, scrape by and pick up a victory by just one point against the Indianapolis Colts, who coincidentally will play the Giants later on this season. As we look at the Giants, though, from a competitive standpoint, they are really in trouble coming into this game, right? Not only did they lose against the Detroit Lions, but they also had a slew of players that left that game, including namely their number one cornerback, Adoree Jackson, who they picked up in free agency this offseason, has served as their number one and is now likely to miss the next four to six weeks with the injury that's going to keep him out. In addition to that, they also lost uh, first-year wide receiver Wandale Robinson. He'll be gone for the rest of the season after uh, suffering an injury in his best game of the year. He had over 100 yards for a wide receiver group that, quite frankly, is like struggle to get anybody to find any traction, right? I believe uh, Sterling Shepard was on his way a little bit early on in the season, and boom, right? Tore his ACL on a non-contact injury, done for the year, right? They had hoped Kenny Galladay could be that guy, but he's never became that guy this season. Hasn't really been that guy since 
you know, a year or so before he left Detroit and, you know, they're still struggling, struggling to find a way. The only guy they can rely on right now is Darius Slayton, who I guess is their de facto number one wide receiver, Tom. But again, these are all very unfavorable circumstances as they go up against a Cowboys defense that kind of hit their stride a week ago. Yeah. It, you hate to go too much off of on paper, but boy, on paper, this does not look like a good matchup at all for the Giants. It it really seems to be that they're 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 running into adversity uh, at a time they can ill afford it. Um, so I I don't really know what else to say. Um, you know, I, I just. I, I I don't want to get too ahead of things. You know, they have to play the game. But, you know, the, the other thing, of course, that I, they have to worry about, the, the one thing that the Cowboys must avoid is not getting points, not getting a lead, letting the Giants stay in it so that they can stick with Saquon Barkley and try to exploit the problems on the run defense. The Cowboys certainly shut down Dalvin Cook uh, last week to a large extent, but that was just because they didn't have to worry about the running game. When you're building up a, a three, four score lead, who cares what the running game is doing because they're not going to catch up to you that way. Um, and so that is the the one path forward I think the Giants have to hope for that they uh, you know maybe get a turnover early get get their own lead and and get the Cowboys maybe a little off script and maybe Dak isn't quite as crisp as he was I mean he went 22 for 25 I think uh, last week and didn't throw anything close to a pick so you know you hope have to hope he stays that way but you never know how teams are going to respond to the short week. Uh, you'd think after having done it annually for all this time, they'd have a, a nice playbook for that at, at the star, but they you know, don't necessarily seem to come up with the uh, answers for Thanksgiving. Um, and, and like I said, they've got to make sure they've got an answer for Barkley, at least early on, unless they can take him out of the equation. Uh, I don't see Daniel Jones is going to be much of a threat. You know, he, he just is not having a great year. And, you know, if you're going down and looking at stats, there's one that jumps out about Daniel Jones. He's been sacked 30 times. And guess what he's going up against? The NFL's sack leader in the Dallas Cowboys pass rush. Uh you know, that just has to have these guys salivating to get out there and get after Jones. And if you get after Jones, now he's protected the ball well, but obviously once you get after him, he just kind of goes turtle and goes down. Even though he's capable of taking off and running the ball, he, you know, that's not worked for him a whole lot. He hasn't been able to avoid the pressure and, and keep things alive. And that also says that he's hanging on to the ball too long, which works in their, in, in the Cowboys favor. So yeah, it's, it's just that this looks like a good matchup, but as I said, 
strange things seem to happen with the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Strange things always can happen in a division game. So, you know, you, you want to be confident, but you don't want to be too confident. Well, and that's just it. I, I get I get trying to guard against overconfidence, right? Because anything can happen on any given Sunday, right? The ball bounces funny and it could bounce their way a couple of times leading to your demise. But ultimately, like that is the only game script in which I see this going in favor of New York, right? It almost has to happen that the Giants would turn, you know, the Cowboys rather would turn the ball over perhaps in their own, you know, in their own territory, giving up easy points or that they might give up a fluke, you know, special teams uh, fumble or return touchdown of some sort that would turn the tide. Because if this is just a straight up our guns versus your guns type of matchup, they're bringing knives to a gunfight. Yeah, frankly. I mean, and the Cowboys have the horses on both sides to be able to counteract that. So I feel supremely confident about this matchup. Number one, number two, like I also look at the Giants long term and I've asked myself this throughout. And I, we talked about it before the season in our NFC preview. I said, looking at the schedule, the, the Giants could easily win like five of their first six games just based on the schedule. And it turned out they did. Right. They were off to a really hot start. And you could argue still at 10 games, like 90 percent of the league would love to be in their position at seven and three. But having said that, if I look at their next six games, I could easily see them losing five of them. Right. They play the commanders twice who have started to get hot recently. They play the Eagles. They've got the Cowboys. And I think they had the Vikings thrown in there as well. So by all means like i think this is the time we kind of, we kind of find out that the giants weren't necessarily as hot of a team as they have looked up to this point and i give them all the due credit for getting here but the way that the cowboys have gotten here right they're in the same position but the way the cowboys have gotten here is drastically different to me and a much more sustainable version of something that I'm confident in. And really, if I like want to break it down into one specific number, the Cowboys have allowed 167 points from their opponents and the Giants have low, allowed 204. Yeah, that points differential. I believe the Cowboys are plus 84 in points differential and the Giants are plus one. Uh, that's usually not sustainable uh, if you're going to, to keep winning games. Uh, and the Cowboys may be peaking at exactly the right time because not just do the Giants have the, the harder part of their schedule coming forward, so do the Eagles. Their schedule gets tougher going out. So this, you know, if the Cowboys can get the win here, I think they, they just get in a, a much more optimistic situation looking at the rest of the season. And, you know, you know, you go, you know, we talked about Barkley, but, you know, let's not forget that wonderful little one-two punch the Cowboys seem to have figured out with Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard. Now, I'm not sure if there wasn't a pitch count involved for Elliott because he was coming off of missing two games, but he and Pollard each had 15 carries in the game, and they put up, you know, a good chunk of yard rushing 
were able to control the ball well, move move the sticks on the ground. Uh, but Pollard took th- uh, 39, I believe, of the offensive snaps. And Elliott was only out there 21. Now, if they stick with something like that, I think they will have finally after four and a half years of messing around with it, have finally unlocked how to use Tony Pollard in this offense. Because as we saw, he is very deadly in the passing game. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're worried about C.D. Lamb and you've got Dalton Schultz out there, you've got to look for when the Cowboys are trying to get to the sticks. And maybe Michael Gallup is starting to get back to where he was last year before he got hurt. Uh, now Pollard getting out in the mix, somebody's going to come open out there. Yeah. I, I love and, the mix of Tony Pollard and Zeke of what they gave us last week. And you're exactly right. Like as running backs, right. Ball carriers, they're really just two different flavors, right. Mm-hmm. Depending on what you're interested in, what, what your flavor is for that moment. But as pass catchers, right. There is no comparison. Tony Pollard, is the much more dynamic pass catching option. And so if you're going to split carries evenly and give Tony a little bit more work as a pass catcher, I think you're right on point. That's exactly the type of scenario that the Cowboys are going to find themselves, you know, best suited to employ as, as we go forward. Like that's the one that's going to give them the most bang for their buck. Support for this show comes from Sylvan learning as a parent. You want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Yeah, I I saw something. uh, I think it was Patrick Walker over at the Mothership that talked about it. Um, It was something that the the running backs coach, I think Skip Pete, is Skip his first name? Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, he, He was saying that one thing it does is that Elliot has a pace, a rhythm when he runs. And teams, when you put him out there for a few downs or a series, the defense kind of starts getting that timing down. And then when Pollard comes in, it's a completely different timing. It's quicker. It's faster. And, and it throws the defense off sometimes. And I think that's part of why you're seeing, you know, Zeke go out there and plug away for, you know, two, three, four yards of carry. Uh, And then all of a sudden Pollard comes in and busts off a 15-yard one. And I think that's how they're exploiting it. 
and they're getting some very good run blocking. Uh, you know that that I, I think was fairly evident against in this last game. Uh, it was also, you know, the cow. The thing is that the, the the running game is allowing Prescott to just be efficient without having to go out there and try to throw for three hundred fifty yards a game. You know, he's he's you know throwing in the high two hundreds, but getting lots of points up on the board. Uh, so it it becomes the whole complementary football thing, not just between the running and the passing game, but when you talk about the defense and the offense and even the special teams. You mentioned uh, a possible special teams miscue. Cowboys haven't had one of those all season, and I hope that doesn't mean they're overdue. But John Fossil's got those guys playing discipline, playing well. Uh, you know. That they've got the long-range sniper in Brett Maher, who is just having a great season. I mean, like I did not expect to be saying this at this point in the year, but thank and they made an they impact in on. the special teams game. Like they've blocked punts, they've blocked kicks. Yes, uh, so they've you know and nearly everything you can say has gone in their favor from a special team standpoint. And and Turpin is is always threatening to. to to break one off. Uh, I even saw there was an interesting thing I caught uh, and I can't remember what show it was, but they have an award for the, 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 the angriest play, uh, angriest runner or carry or whatever. Oh yeah. Schrager does that for Monday morning football, right? No, not Schrager. Yeah. Uh, the other one, Brandt. Yeah. Yeah. And they awarded it to Kevontae Turpin because they had, he had a return. It wasn't a big return. But he squared up against some guy that had like a hundred pounds on him. Oh, and he stood up. I remember yeah, that. And, run. I and, remember that run. And the guy bounced. He flexed afterwards. And I remember thinking, <laughs> yeah, you know, he just kind of has a the reason ground. to there. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, you just, it would, the thing is, I think one or two things could go wrong for the Cowboys. And they just take it in stride because they've got so many things that if they're, playing like they did last week will help compensate for that. And if they don't have any of those things go wrong, this, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go on a limb and say it, but this could be another 40 burger type game. Uh, I think the, uh, the, the giants are vulnerable to that kind of a thing. Yeah. Well, keep in mind, uh, the Cowboys will see some familiar faces there on the other side of the ball. Uh, one Jalen Smith wearing mm -hmm. number 54 going to be there on the other side of the ball. Cowboys fans will love their opportunities with that matchup. But, you know, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, right, former mm -hmm. first-round draft pick, is uh, Leonard Williams, another former first-rounder, who they could say, like, I guess could cause some damage, right, potentially maybe strike some fear in you. But when you look at the offense, again, when I say, like, bringing knives to a gunfight, you know, the best weapons that we're talking about – Obviously, Saquon Barkley is that, not taking anything away from it, but they don't have enough to prevent the Cowboys from being able to key in on him, right? Um, their best tight end is a guy by the name of Daniel Bellinger, a fourth-round draft pick. Their best wide receiver is Darius Slayton, who right now has less than 500 receiving yards on the season through 10 games, right? The next best guy they have as a pass catcher is probably Richie James, who's gone from, you know, at times starting this season 
to at times not even getting on the field when they had some of these guys healthy in Kadarius Tony, who they you know traded away to the Kansas City Chiefs, and in Sterling Shepard, and now uh, most recently Wandale Robinson, who have all gone down. Yeah, it's that they they are they are suffering some some adversity on the roster right now. I don't think there's any doubt. Uh, you know, with the Cowboys, it's just, you know, I hope everybody's healthy. The, the illness thing has kind of been a little troubling in the injury reports. Uh, so hopefully we don't have any surprise uh, inactives uh, coming up here in a few hours. Well, the biggest concern was obviously Micah Parsons in that game a week ago. But, I mean, he came back out in that same game even after limping off the field. So you got to believe Market Parsons, maybe not a hundred percent, right? With just three days of rest, but you got to believe Micah Parsons is going to be out there. The other names. He says DeMarcus, he will be. He says he will be right. Demarcus Lawrence, the other potential injury concern. Maybe you manage his snaps depending on how much you need him. But Again, that's probably an injury that he's going to be dealing with the rest of the season. The foot thing that he says that, you know, has kind of cropped up from seasons past. The, the part that scares me about that long-term, Tom, is that he says it does feel worse than it did a, a season ago. Yeah, and I will say this. If they had to go without DeMarcus Lawrence, I think they can handle that quite well with the, the combination of Dorrance Armstrong, Dante Fowler, uh, Terrell Basham hopefully is going to be good to go. And Sam Williams uh, is starting to show something. And he's been getting limited work. So, yeah, I, I as good as Lawrence is, I think they could handle Tank having to go into the garage for a while and get a little bit better. So, uh, Well, let me just yeah. say this. If that is something that, like, is inevitable – or that needs to happen, right? Like, hey, we know at the end of the season he needs to get some work done. If that work done, if that work can get done and he can be back in like a month and a half, I would say do that now as opposed to trying to fight it out and potentially losing him later. Because I agree with you, they could they could ride it out for the next couple of weeks, especially in the regular season. But when we get into the playoffs, and we're looking at a matchup against the San Francisco 49ers potentially or a team like the Philadelphia Eagles who, you know, we do respect at least from a quarterback standpoint, I need DeMarcus Lawrence to be there. I need Tank to be there. And if it means sacrificing him for the rest of this season or the regular season to have that, then they should pull the trigger on that, in my opinion, instant, like immediately. Like get him into the rehab, get him into the, the surgery room and get that done so that he can be back in a better position as they make a playoff run. Cause there's no doubt, right. They have to be preparing for the playoffs at this point. Yeah, I definitely think so. Uh, they need to be looking a little bit long-term. You, you, you always want to be cautious about trying to look too far ahead, but you have to look at the fact that they picked up Tack McKinley uh, was do they maybe have something in mind with him because of what Lawrence is going through? Uh, you know, like just one of those little tea leaves you look at and you wonder if you're seeing something there. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I would not – I just think they can survive a lot more than the Giants can right now. 
and then you know it's just having this to make sure they can still string together wins because they can't they don't want to pick up more losses uh, while they're trying to chase the Eagles. Is there anything that you would like to see from the Cowboys that we haven't seen in this game? Um, as we get ready to take on a division rival, Dak Prescott has historically owned the NFC East. I believe mm-hmm. uh, his win percentage now is up in the 75% range in some 35 matchups against NFC East opponents. And the Giants are right at the top of the list in terms of teams that Dak Prescott, you know, would have to call Dak Prescott their daddies at this point. So, yeah. I mean, Vegas has the Cowboys at nine and a half point favorites. We know we saw pretty much everything we could hope for against the Minnesota Vikings. What are you looking for in this game? I, I'm just thinking the Giants will manage to keep it closer than uh, the Vikings were able to. Uh, I, I'm kind of looking like a 31 to 20 win for the Cowboys. I would, you know, I would like, I would like to see something like uh, Kavante rip off another good long run, maybe not for a touchdown, but get a 40, 50 yard return to set him up. Um, and, you know, just don't let Barkley get on track and hurt them uh, and add to that total sacks for Jones. And I think they'll be fine. Well, we do know that after this game, the Cowboys will be meeting with uh, at least one player in particular, Tom. (laughs) Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. rumored to be on the horizon. And if you listen to what Cowboys players have been speaking about, right, it went from kind of speaking on social media to Dak Prescott admitting this week that he'd had conversations with Odell Beckham about the possibility of coming here to Dallas. It sounds like the Cowboys are also potentially think of this thing as more than a 2022 type of commitment that they may be looking to, to make a deal with, with Odell that's going to keep him longer right into next season and potentially build on that going forward. So does this game at all in your mind play into Odell's decision-making and whom he might want to sign with, right? Do the Cowboys need to win this game, right, to win the sweepstakes for Odell Beckham Jr.? Well, when you consider the fact that the Giants are considered to be the other team leading in it, I have to think it would. If he's looking at the outcome of this game, um, he's probably going to at least initially maybe want to lean towards whoever walks away with the win. So that puts, you know, a little bit more stakes on the table. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's an important thing because, you know, both teams are seven and three. And even if the Giants do struggle, given the state of the rest of the NFC, uh, they still have a very good chance of making the playoffs, even if they lose this game. But when's the last time you saw the, the Cowboys, and the Giants meet this late in the season where both of them were in? we're in such good shape uh, that I can't remember. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be a fun uh, afternoon for Cowboys fans and that we wind up with a good satisfied feeling to go along with our full, our full bellies. And uh, you know, I just hope we have, you know, one more thing to be thankful for when all is said and done. Well, it'll be interesting to see, 
how it plays out for both teams, right? If the Giants lose this game, then they will potentially only be just a game and a half ahead of the Washington Commanders, right? The Commanders are going to get to play them two of the next, I believe, four weeks. So there's a real opportunity for Washington to potentially leapfrog the Giants, and the Giants could be on the outside looking in in just a, a few short weeks, right? Less than a month from now. So this is a big one for them. Uh, if they're looking ahead and they certainly need to bring their best, their best to the Cowboys uh, stadium there in Arlington this afternoon. So we'll see if they do that. I, I do think the Cowboys have everything they need to dispatch that, to send them home packing and wind up with a nice Thanksgiving victory for all of us. You mentioned full bellies. Are you going to go with the full belly before the game or are you a Thanksgiving after the game type of gentleman? Oh, I'm yeah, we're going to, we're going to eat about one o'clock. Uh, got got some family uh, and maybe one extra friend coming over to uh, to enjoy. And we're going to try to get most of the eating done so that you know, because I, I always do the uh, the game wrap up. Uh, so I'll be focused on that. So we'll get most of the eating done beforehand, and then dive into the leftovers afterwards. Yeah, I don't know many Cowboys fans that go with the meal afterwards, right? Especially here recently, it would kind of ruin the whole thing, the way things have gone lately. So make sure you get those full <laughs> bellies in in the early afternoon, and hopefully uh, we'll be so excited, maybe we can have a second meal of those amazing Thanksgiving leftovers there in the evening because uh, I will be serving myself up a turkey sandwich if the Cowboys – wind up pulling off the victory there against the Giants. So you guys have a great Thanksgiving. We really hope you enjoy the game. And thank you so much from all of us here at Blogging the Boys for listening to the podcasts. You can check out the two-time daily podcast there at bloggingtheboys.com and all of our great content on there. Of course, you can follow Tom again at TomRileBTB. Hit me up at rw 3 there on Twitter, we'd love to hear from you and hear your thoughts on the Cowboys thus far and what you expect to see going forward. But for Tom, I'm Roy. Y'all have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Let's go get a dub, and we'll see you next Thursday. Thursday.